Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage.
sit together and share some ideas, share some thoughts, and maybe make the world a better place. That's what this show is all about. Uh, my name is Joe Grumbine. I am the CEO of a little organization that we like to call the Human Solution International. And uh, this show comes on most Wednesdays, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. And sometimes we don't do a live show, but more often than not we do. Today's show is going to be what we call an open mic show. And that means that uh, as long as we have people participating um, and uh, we're going to cover a couple of topics specifically, going to spend some time working on a little project. And, of course, I've got plenty of time to do my little diatribe. Uh, as long as we've got people participating, the show will go on. Um, if we run out of things to talk about, we'll cut it short. It's happened before. Not too often, but that's what we do in a free-flowing uh, format like this today. So today, um, it's 419, day before 420. 420 is uh, a day long celebrated by cannabis aficionados all over the world. And I like to think about how much energy and time and thought and planning and preparation and uh, risk and, and treasure people are willing to spend um, for this holiday. And I put quotes on it because it's sort of an arbitrary day. It's a, the history of 420 goes back to some college. I don't know if it was Berkeley or some other college. And it was a time that a bunch of students decided to go and meet out back on the field and smoke a joint. And somehow that got uh, translated into, uh, you know, a holiday. Um, it's also, by chance, the name of a bill that California was uh, required by a ballot initiative um, for the state legislature to codify. And we happen to call this bill SB 420. Um, eh, happenstance, I don't know how they how they select the name of a, of a, of a bill. But to celebrate this plant is sort of a given. We celebrate it every time we grow it. We celebrate it every time we light it up. We celebrate it every time we make a decision to heal ourselves or somebody else with it. That's the celebration. It happens constantly. It's just like, to me, the the people that want you to come over on the holiday, you know, come on over. It's Thanksgiving. Share a meal with us. It's like, well, why don't we share a meal some other time during the year uh, rather than sit on traffic for six hours to come out on the one day that everybody decides it's a good day. Um, I, I don't put a whole lot of effort into 420 because, again, it's really kind of a hallmark holiday. It's a commercial thing, and, you know, a lot of events are out there. And, you know, hey, celebrate. I am all for celebrating. I'm all for freedom, and I, I, I give you the respect of honoring your wishes, whatever they might be, as long as they don't hurt somebody else. But it's not a day that I put a lot of thought and planning into. I have been um, under fire many times during this time of year um, in the court systems. And um, frankly, the court doesn't care. The court doesn't care if it's Thanksgiving, doesn't care if it's 420, doesn't care if it's um, uh, Christmas. They don't care about any of that. In fact, um, during my trial, I noticed that one or on more than one occasion, the uh, undercovers came into my shop at 4:20, and they did it on purpose. And it was sort of a, a dig to say, "Ah, oh, you friggin' drug dealers! 
we're going to get you on your own on your own quote holiday and so you know it's just the way it is um this is a very powerful time of the year for me i'm a, i'm a summer baby i was born june 19th some days the first day of summer right around that time the time when the year is at its very peak of energy and i've been a very full of energy individual so the time that's leading up to it, springtime is always a big really wonderful time of my of my life this is a time where i thrive um, my creative juices are flowing and and energy tends to be at a peak, and everything is really moving hard. And uh, this is also a time of year that I celebrate my own freedom because uh, it was on, I think, the 17th or the 18th of April uh, back in 2014 that after six years of battling the courts, they decided to dismiss my case. And part of the reason they dismissed my case was because we beat them in the appellate court. And um, so today we're going to talk about the appellate court a little bit and what the significance of it, and we're going to be working a little bit more on this amicus curiae brief um, that is challenging the appellate court ruling. We're going to talk about some of the rules of court and, um, you know, we're, see if we can get a little more help. I've, I've been putting the word out um, to all of the attorneys out there, and um, so far a total of zero have responded. Apparently we've got a law student who has potentially responded um, that I just heard about today, but nothing solid. And, and you know, it's interesting how uh, so many times attorneys will jump up and, you know, when the, the spotlight's out there and they'll, you know, be the freedom fighters and they're going to do all this and they're going to do this. But more often than not, when push comes to show, when the rubber meets the road, um, when the work needs to be done, it's a handful of dedicated volunteers that get her done. And that's that's who we are. You know, this is the human solution. Think about those words. Think about the name of our organization, the human solution. And you know, there's a, there's a lot going on there. And we're very much a human organization. Um, Lord knows our history of of growth and ebbing and flowing, and and the people that have come and gone, and the people that have benefited, and the people that have selflessly given and helped and the tireless volunteers who have put in hours, so many hours of of mostly thankless volunteering. Um, in an altruistic way, we actually actually maybe be the only nonprofit out there that I even know of that, that actually acts in a benevolent and altruistic way. We've never had an agenda that benefited any individual member or group of members. We've never, nobody's ever taken a salary. Uh, the, the, the leadership is usually given the most of, of all of the volunteers out there. Um, and there really isn't a group like that out there. And so I want to talk about our group a little bit today as we're, as we're going along. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. This is, you know, usually we'll do a springtime um, fund, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not fundraiser, but membership drive. And I'm, I'm hoping we put an effort into it, but I've had to relinquish taking on every little task anymore. I, I do, I do some tasks. I do this radio show, and I, and I do, um, you know, handle the CEO responsibilities, and I do handle a lot of the special needs cases, and and I do a lot of, you know, what I'm able to. But all the little projects, um, as important as they might be, they they require 
somebody to take on as 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 a, a spearhead. And so, rather than talk about a membership drive, I'm going to talk about membership. Um, the the value of of this group, the value of the membership of this group, and and what to expect and not to expect. You know, um, I'm going to start this off on sort of a counterpoint. We've had people over the years. I mean, you know, we've had literally thousands of members over the years, and some have, you know, uh, joined up for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Um, we have a few lifetime members. We have a few, a uh, lot of members that join up once, and they somehow think that, you know, you pay your dues once, and you're a member for life. Well, hell, frankly, if you want to support anything we do, we welcome that support, and we'll consider you part of the team. But an actual membership involves actually paying dues. Um even though we don't take salaries, even though we don't uh, take on any major uh, financial burdens, uh, it still costs money to run an organization. Uh, we have a website just by itself that costs money, and printing out um, brochures and cards and and putting on any little thing, creating ribbons and um, you know everything costs something, and so. Uh, we don't ask a lot, but we do need membership to make us work. And the thing that I find interesting uh, about our membership is that I've had a few cases, one recently that we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, sometimes people feel that they've paid their 10 bucks or their 15 bucks or their 420 for a couple of months or maybe even 50 bucks or yeah, hell, even $100. And, and they pay that, they pay that membership dues. And then um, they have a case or they're involved in a case and somehow they think that their membership dues gets them a genie in a bottle and a team of attorneys and an instant crowd of support whenever they need it and a GoFundMe account full of money. And frankly, I don't know where those ideas come from. And it's interesting to me, and I'm going to spend very little time on this point, but I do want to bring it up that if you go to our website, if you look at any of our literature, if you listen to this radio show that goes on every single week, we talk about the human solution, we talk about what we do, what we don't do, we talk about the people, the cases, um, you know, we talk about our efforts, our mission to end prohibition. Um, we're not out there trying to gather signatures for any bill or another. We're here to actually fix this problem to end prohibition and to stand by and support the people that fall victim to the war on drugs. It's fairly simple. It's a civil rights issue. But we're limited to those people that are willing to help. And so um, in some cases where we have a defendant or a, or a victim, let's just use that term. I don't like that term, but uh, in many cases it applies here. And a victim has been victimized by um, a our legal system, our justice system that has somehow targeted them for whatever reason. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. Maybe it's just a bad law that shouldn't have applied here. But it doesn't really matter. They've been victimized. They've lost their freedom, their money, their property, their children, their job. Somehow they've had something taken from them directly as a result of prohibition of, of, of this war on drugs. And we have determined that the Human Solution International that the war on drugs is unjust. It's not uh, an appropriate use 
of power. It's not an appropriate use of funds. And so really any victimization that occurs here, we believe, is a civil rights violation. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen to anybody if that's the only thing they did was possess, cultivate, transport, distribute, whatever, conspire to do any of those things um, with, with the result of or as a result of the cannabis plant or frankly, in my opinion, any drug, there shouldn't be a penalty specifically for those things unless there was a victim, unless somebody was victimized and had their rights taken away. And so we stand by this from a civil rights point of view. We, we believe that um, these are unjust laws. And so, you know, the position of, oh, we have to just change the law, we have to, you know, pass this or pass that is – Frankly, you know, it's a symptomatic approach rather than a systemic approach, and we really want to correct the symptom, we, the, the, the whole system. We've got to fix it. So what happens is somebody will oftentimes, not oftentimes, once in a while, join up, become a member, find themselves a victim. They'll call in, and they will assume that somehow there's this magic button that's going to happen because they're a member and of course we'll always respond to every call and we'll give them an opportunity to participate on this show and tell their story and we've got a whole media team that's willing to usually um, uh, put out a press release uh, post a story get the story out to the media in many cases we've been very successful at that and in some cases, we've been able to get quite a bit of support nationwide or even internationally as a result. But typically, it takes a motivated defendant or a motivated victim to step up and, and really you know, get out there and, 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 and try to do that. And it typically works best when that defendant realizes that it's not just about uh, them fighting for their own freedom, but they realize that if this happened to me, it could happen to you. It could happen to my child. It could happen to my grandchild. It could happen to any loved one without you know, any real crime ever having occurred. And so we do stand by those people. And the more vigorous they're willing to get out there and fight and the more um, pure their fight is, the more naturally we're able to rally support. When we have people that are focusing on um, – specifics of you know something that you can tell that there's sort of some other agenda involved people key in on that pretty quickly and they tend to lose interest it happens you know i've seen it happen many times when people get up there and start to you know cry about well nobody's supporting me um, people lose interest really quickly and it's very ineffective and then when people turn around and start blaming a group like ours for not supporting them um, yeah, it just turns blank really quickly. And so I just want to point that out because it's happened. It happened recently. And somebody that, you know, we did give an, a voice to this show and we did try to uh, bring awareness to it. You know, we don't have an, a, a, an attorney that will just jump and take on your case for free. We just don't have that. Um, if we did, I don't know how many cases they could take on. You know, we do have attorneys that have done pro bono work or done compassionate priced work, but you know, how many cases can you take on? There's always going to be more demand and supply when it comes to free uh, legal help. So that's why we've decided to move forward and, and create a self-help legal clinic. You know, we've become more of a self-help organization than a 
you know, a handout organization uh, where we can help you to help yourself. And I've been saying that for years, and I've always said, you know, we, we're an amazing organization, but we're an amplifier, not a power supply. You cannot feed off of us because, you know, we're all we're all keeping this thing afloat and keeping it shining. So we look at membership, and we have multiple tiers of membership. The membership that we like the most is our monthly 420 membership, and it works out to like 50-some bucks a year. But frankly, the fact that somebody's willing to donate every month $4.20 is kind of a really moving statement, and um, we've been able to pick up enough of these 420 memberships to sustain our website, at least in its previous incarnation, <coughs> and in its future incarnation, it'll do the same. Um, but what's happened, unfortunately, is we've had, I don't know, probably a dozen people, and you know, out of dozens of people that have signed up as 420 members. And that doesn't seem like a big number, but for our organization, uh, it's a new thing, and it's uh, definitely, uh, it's all we need to, to keep this thing afloat. And so uh, we've had people in the last, I don't know, five or six months that signed up, and they said, oh, I want to be a 420 member. They got their T-shirt. They got their, you know, acknowledgement, their membership card that somebody took time to create and put together a package for them. And then after a week or a month or two months, they just stopped paying. And, you know, I'm not one to be beating the drum about paying. I'm more about integrity, about, you know, if you say you're going to support something on a monthly basis, um, you know, please do so. If not, um, let us know. Hey, I can't do it anymore. It's all good. Nobody holds a grudge. But if, if we got pledges for support, we count on it. And so on that note, I'm going to do something I very seldom, if ever, have done. And I'm going to ask you to take a moment, a moment and think about, you know, $4.20 every month. It's, it's a Starbucks mocha, um, you know, one time a month. And you think about the work that this organization has done, can do, and will do in the future. And this legal clinic that we're building and, and what being able to keep our, our website functioning and and making sure that we have enough money to print uh, things that we need and make the solidarity ribbons for when we do have cases that we're supporting. Um, having that, those finances to be able to do that uh, it really is the driving force that makes this organization work. And all the volunteers in the world um, can only do so much if there's not funds to bring the materials that they need to do them. And so I'm going to ask you to stop and think, you know, think about making that commitment to become a 420 member and honor it. You know, it's, 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 you'll hardly feel it. Even if you're on a fixed income, you think about $4.20. If you're living your life so close to the edge that $4.20 is going to keep a, uh, you from having enough gas to get to the market to get your groceries, then hell, please, I'm not talking to you. But if you've got the ability to go and, and, and have luxury time and, buy things you don't really need or, or go out and do things you don't really need to, maybe commit to that $4.20. Then we have our annual memberships. We have a uh, $15 annual membership. We have a $50, $50 um, uh, associate membership and a, a $100 sponsor member. And these are relatively low um, sponsorship levels, but it makes a huge difference to us. And, and it, what it does is, it gives us uh, 
that support that really makes a difference when we need to rise up and be there for somebody regardless of where they are you know we we've we've risen up in i don't know 25 states over the last 6 years 7 years and you know been there people have traveled thousands of miles hundreds of miles dozens of miles and you know and and even a few miles uh to be there for somebody that was willing to stand up somebody that was in need uh we've done uh huge amounts of of prison outreach we've raised money for inmates we've um done pen pal efforts we've done protests at prisons and and all of these things are are what makes this organization kind of amazing um any time that you see people willing to stand up and and take time off of their busy day for somebody else you got to think to yourself this must be important and you know it's it's interesting because as we're switching over our website and we're moving over to um you know this new website we're going to be adding a lot of new pictures galleries and things like that so i've been going back through our our archives and looking through pictures and looking through some of the previous um articles that have been written about us and and by us and um you know look back at all the work we've done and all the people we've helped and it it just tells me that this is so worth it and it we only exist because of the people that are willing to uh get in there and and get it done so i'm going to make this one time plea that uh consider uh stepping up and renewing or uh taking on a membership for the first time uh think about um participating in your local chapter or starting a chapter or or looking for somebody who needs uh some support or think about helping out with our legal clinic when we do have a uh conference call or when we start working on a project you know we do announce these things we do put out newsletters from time to time and we do of course have this show every single week one way or another whether it's a live show or a rebroadcast we talk about the things that this organization does we talk about the cases um the people that need our help the people that uh, are willing to help and you know i'm just asking maybe you can make a decision to be a part of it okay so i've gone on for about a half an hour here and i think we're going to get going start the show um we do have an open mic show so if you are calling in today um let our screener know that you want to talk about something and if you're on the line right now and you're listening and somebody calls in and they've got something that seems important or seems like you want to uh, have a conversation about just hang up call back and tell the screener that um, I've got something I want to say um have room on the lines we've got a few callers on the line and um who knows this may uh be a somewhat brief show today Kyle Catlin's supposed to be calling in from uh prison and he was supposed to call in last week. We don't know if he's going to be able to make it this time. I would've been calling his name wrong. Been calling him Kyle Catlin, but it's actually Catlin. And um who I thought was his brother, Marvin, who was also a guest on the show, turns out was his father. So, I've been corrected and uh I apologize for my uh my errors of my ways. Um, so Kyle may be calling in. He's going to hopefully call in before seven o'clock Pacific time. And um, of course, Craig Cecil typically calls in about this time. And if he does, 
of course, whatever we're talking about, will yield to him. Um, again, we want to thank the Coffee Party Radio Show, the Coffee Party Network, for uh, giving us a place to do this show. And remember that all throughout the week, there's fine programming on this very same station. So if you want to call in today, all you got to do is pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. So we're going to start off with a round of calls, and then we're going to get in and start talking about the website, and then we're going to get into this amicus curiae brief, and we'll go from there. So up first we've got Lisa Wooldridge, my vice president. She wants to talk about membership. And then we've got Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. We'll see where we go from there. All right, Lisa Wooldridge, welcome to the show. And as always, thank you for being here. And uh, what do you have to say about membership? I have to say ditto to everything that you just said. Um, the only thing that I do want to add is as, I, as the membership person, I go through and, and check these out. We do get a little, a little note that says, you know, a new person has joined or a new person, um, you know, has requested something. We also get a little note that says, for some reason, this person didn't pay. And we don't know. We don't know if you're a deadbeat. We don't know if you, uh, if you disappeared, if you don't love us anymore. But we still love you. So it's okay if you don't want to renew, but we would ask you to please go in and remove yourself because otherwise it gets confusing and it's like having a – a, a lawn ornament, you know, you're not really using it. It's just hanging out. So if you've been a member and you're not anymore, please delete or cancel or remove yourself so you don't keep popping up. But we would really encourage you to share that 420, which is less than a Starbucks cup of coffee. And that 420 donated to what we're doing is a lot healthier for us and the environment than probably some sugar in that coffee. So um, I really want to encourage everybody. It's a good thing to do with your $4.20 a month. Um, I know financially sometimes I struggle myself, but that 420 makes me feel like I'm contributing, especially when I'm having one of those days where physically I just don't feel like I'm able to, to be much help. I know that, hey, I've let my 420 go. Um, it goes to help, and that's, that's what we need. It's that little bit that adds up. Um, and our... You know, our membership is a platform. It's an interactive platform. The group is an interactive platform. But you've got to be interactive. You've got to give something back. You've got to reach out. If we reach out to you, you've got to reach back. We're not just going to jump in the muck and, and, you know, hold you out. You've got to come back to us. So if you want us to do something for you, you just have to use us as the platform. We're a box that you can stand on, that you can say, hey, I'm here. Um, you know, don't don't lock me up. But we can't go and do everything for you. You know, we've got people that have used the platform, but, but they stood there and they hollered. And they said, pay attention to me. I'm over here. I don't want to be locked up. I'm healing myself. It's just a plant. You know, that's what we need you to do is we'll yell with you. We're not going to yell for you. <laughs> We're going to yell with you, not for you. So that 420 helps us keep that platform, that box active. That, that 420 helps to pay for that website. It, 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 it offsets those costs. It, it makes it so we don't have to pay for it out of our pocket other than the 420. So that's what I want to say is encourage people to join for the 420, encourage you to keep your membership up to date. If, if you're getting confused by the website that we're using or the fact that it's PayPal, 
know that we're we're looking at all that. We're getting we're getting ready to change all that and make it better. Becca's working super super hard. That that gal, she's my hero. So, um, she's doing a lot of the just physical manual labor on all this. But we're we know there's issues, so we're we're getting those handled. But we need your 420, and most of all, we need your interaction because warm bodies is what keeps the whole thing alive. So that's what we need. We need more people and more 420, and just you know, be positive and proactive. Not we all understand we get a little depressed sometimes, and that's okay. If you if you need our help, we'll help you. But you got to help us out to be able to help you, and that's all I've got to say. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again, our vice president and uh, current membership coordinator, Lisa Wooldridge. Okay, up next we've got Tom Corby. He's going to have an early uh, North Cal report. I hope you're ready. Um, usually you come on at the end of the show, but I just I'm not sure which way this show's going to go today. So uh, you are live on the air, Tom, and you got the floor. Welcome. Tom Corby. Yes, thank you, Joe. There you are. Party radio. Becca. Uh, yeah, I'm down cutting wood. Uh, uh, just want to expound a little on on uh, the 420 a month. Uh, some folks don't want to mess with that every month. They'd rather just pay a flat fee. I'm sure you'll accept that too. I think it used to be 30 bucks. Oh, absolutely. Of course, whatever they can send in and. Uh, yeah, so uh, tomorrow uh, I want to expound on, on Alex Lyons' TRC tomorrow on trial readiness conference. Uh, before I do that, in case you don't have a show next week, we want to remember that <clears throat> I want to get it to the calendar now. I've got the time on Benno. Uh, he's going back, if we remember back with Planet Herb Joe, uh, Tully. Uh, won all 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 the accounts except count seven manufacturing the trial and he won. Uh, the Benno uh, is so similar now. Uh, the many charges they had. Thanks, Tully. Uh, hey Tom, can you hold that. that phone up real close to your mouth? It's it's kind of hard to hear you sometimes. Thanks for reminding me. I should just prop it right up here on my calendar instead of having. <laughs> <laughs> Makes all the difference in the world. I appreciate it. Everybody wants to hear what you're saying. Of course, and we can remind people to talk into the speaker. Donna keeps reminding me. Anyway, so the Bennett's go back at sixteen fifty five West Street, uh, up on the hill, courthouse in the annex uh, at nine a.m. Uh, next Friday uh, for Count Six Manufacturing. Uh, and here's Tully taking them on again. And Shasta County. Uh, Penno posted today, kind of, uh, I don't know where he is. He used to come on the radio and he was that, but he came on today and said they're going to, I guess, a recuse one of the attorneys. I thought that was the Tully team, all three of them. I'm not sure. He didn't expound on that. So, anyway, we always say that uh, local court support is always requested, and uh, it's not just to come their witness to the injustices inside these courtrooms and, and, and to uh, stand behind a defendant. Also, it gets together with the right point people that are coming for others. And, of course, like Joe said, we're more apt to come for you than come for others. Uh, Alex Lyons tomorrow has another 
CRC Trial Readiness Conference at 1.30 p.m. That's number one Court Street right here in, in Oroville. Uh, Lyon's case is very unique. And uh, first of all, before I forget, uh, I want to I want to shout out to Attorney uh, Stefana Firmino, his defense attorney here in Butte County. Uh, Joe and I know that there's not many attorneys that don't just take the money and run. They don't file in time. They don't really their hearts not into it, and a lot of them really just aren't cannabis savvy, and they do admit it. And so we recuse them, and you, you can actually recuse three PDs. Uh, Alex's case is unique in that time, and he did uh, file for his 45-day time waiver. Uh, I think the same with Shona Banda uh, there in Kansas also. And what they do is is they find some reason. Jenny's didn't even show up at the last. She was He was uh, FGA, failure to appear. Now, if we don't show up, we get a failure to appear. But they, it seems it's okay for them not to show up. Uh, Alex Case, thanks for me, know, uh, had the usual charges, uh, cultivation, possession, sales. Uh, thank God there were no, the little gun charge was dropped, and there were no hard drugs. Uh uh, that means a lot in a lot of cases and no priors. Uh, Alex continues to uh, demand his right to a speedy trial. Uh, I posted a talk before. I doubt if D.A. Jennings will take it on to trial. That's May, May 1st during trial selections scheduled. I would give two to one odds. It is not going to happen for now, Alex Lyons is only down to two misdemeanor charges. Think about that, folks. I know I don't want my taxpayers' money going for misdemeanors and taking all these people to trial, cost millions of dollars, uh, disrupts lives and family, and people have more important things to do. We need to come after the real criminals, the hardened criminals. No one should be going to jail for our sacred plan. Uh, just adding that in there. So uh, tomorrow, 1.30, uh, you're in Oroville area. Uh, just local court support's requested. Uh, I doubt if he's going to go on to trial. Uh, I'll post uh, uh, online, and I'll get back to the calendar when I find out uh, what's going to happen. And also we have Nick Moran coming up. I'll get it to uh, the calendar also uh, May 25th. He also has a TRC, and he also has Tully. So we want to shout out to these attorneys that actually stand. This, it seems that a lot of times they just don't really care. They take the money and run, and they don't do stuff. Uh, so uh, they're not all all that way. And if you can find a good attorney, believe me. And, and also PDs. A lot of these PDs, especially here in Butte County, would continue to set precedent. Uh, we tell them if they're not coming with that 995 dismissal, probable cause to search, uh, and they're trying to make some kind of plea deal, we will recuse you nicely or we can fire you. And a lot of them will come around, uh, totally straighten them out, and Firmino, and they're listening to them. 
they actually stand in for our defendants now. So I want to thank a lot of our our PDs, uh, Jordia Foster, uh, uh, Lamb, uh, a lot of them. And when we talk about DDA Jennings as prosecuting Alice, I want to bring out that back in 1996, right after the Controlled Substance Act was passed, DDA Jennings took on 12 cases, cannabis cases, to trial. He lost every one of them. So he got a meeting or back right out. Why are we still doing this? Are we going to quit doing this now? No, we're not. Why? Because they're all making money on this. Think about it. We're easy targets until they make us mad. And when they bust folks like Nick Moran and Alex Lyons, like Don and I, like Joe Grumbine, like people that come and fight and stand and go to trial every time if every take them on the trial like Joe's brought out they couldn't do it cost millions it ties up the courtroom uh, my friend uh, Toby Williams and, and Angel Williams had me over for Easter Sunday they go way back with my collective and friends by the way when we got busted when we got out of jail after four years, oh, excuse me, four days, God, thank God, not four years. That was five years ago that we got busted. Uh, when we got home here, every, all our bank accounts, all, everything was gone, all our medicine, everything was tore up. We didn't think we were going to make it. Toby came, what did he have? I tell people, have a big white pad and be writing what was the big word he had there? Discovery calmed us down. He said, they have this, and you're going to start getting your police report. That is your first discovery. You out exactly what you're charged for. Instead of, uh, like, for instance, uh, Bart Seven, uh, when I asked Bart how many plants he had, he said, about 150. I said, oh, my God. When I read the police report, he only had 89. So be very careful. It's better not to say anything. Uh, and brought out that even if you say something that, that's in your favor, you can't hardly even use it. Who knows, especially on the federal level, they won't they won't allow it in. So uh, I want to thank everybody today. I think I've covered it pretty well. I haven't heard back on uh, Aaron O'Neill's case. Aaron O'Neill's case. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with him, and uh, I, I think that it's Lori uh, Lori Murphy's birthday today. I think pretty sure. Happy birthday to her! And uh, okay, thank you, Joe. If there's any questions, uh, I'll be glad to answer them. If not, I want to thank everybody today. Come join us. Help be the solution. And prohibition uh, to do schedule cannabis. There should be no schedule. Join us at the Human Solution International.org and come and come for a defendant. Court support is so important. Uh, and you actually uh, meet new people and you develop and have new friends like Joe and I. Looking forward to getting up here, Joe. Uh, I don't even know if we're going to be going to trial now with all these cases because uh, they're going to be going away. I really think we have the money. Well, there's always now. trout season. We can uh, maybe 
maybe make an exception and uh, just have an enjoyable trip maybe one of these days. Well, we can always find a few, somebody to come for, you know, a defendant and go to <laughs> some kind of court. court. I want to, uh, this Huffington Post came out today. Uh, uh, Patrice Mahoney posted this uh, online. This is uh, this is pretty huge. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Uh, crime. Prosecutors move to dismiss large number of wrongful convictions in the U.S. history. Some 20,000 convicted drug offenders' cases are being thrown out thanks to a rogue chemist. Got a picture of her here. Uh, uh, former chemist Annie Jokam falsified evidence at the Massachusetts State Crime Labs, and that's what they're charging her for. And she's fighting her case. It's, it's posted online if you want to pick it up. Uh, uh, thousands of people at the center of one of the largest drug lab scandals in U.S. history can breathe to collectively sigh of relief thanks to former Massachusetts state chemist and Duquesne. So she's standing tall, and uh, I just hope that a lot of these are cannabis cases and not meth and coke cases. It seems like a lot of times when they're, they're letting them out, uh, there's more coke and uh, meth cases. And I hope we're not letting uh, opiate cases, uh, they're the worst. The epidemic yeah, in the U.S. is so sad. I feel sorry. I just lost another one of my great nephews to opiate, uh, opiates uh, just recently, uh, R.I.P. That's so sad, so young, uh, just such wasted life. Uh, I always tell my kids, my granddaughter just turned 27, I uh, always tell them if it does not grow natural, and that also means mushrooms, psilocybin, mushrooms, uh, peyote, uh, acid, which is just a rye culture, are all psychotropics, and they're very good for you. And they're med- Of course, you can abuse them. There's the right amount to take, and... Uh, they used to call me the psychotropic bomb man, and I always, I always, I never used needles. So I'm 74 years old. I've been using cannabis, going through the drug war for 50 years. Uh, ate Ashbury, Reno, college, and uh, I really never realized uh, why uh, I quit. Alcohol and I quit all drugs, all pharmaceuticals. Why I always stayed with cannabis, I finally found out. So what is it really to get high? And they make that really bad. You're going to get high. Your body's getting the cannabinoids it needs. Uh, uh, Dr. Courtney's, uh, with Daisy's case twice, brought in how the the mother's and the mother's baby's milk, their CBDs to calm the baby. So we have uh, THCs and CBDs in our bodies, and we need those those cannabinoids. So uh, we want to educate, not incarcerate, and no one should go to jail for a plant. I thank you all today. Thank you, Joe and Donna. Forget to breathe. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Tom. And, you know, Tom, Tom brings up a couple of really good points, and um, you know, one of them is is about coming for other people, being there 
for other people supporting. You know, that's kind of the foundation that this organization was was created about. And you know, it's it's kind of neat. We're going to be launching a new website, and we're going to go back into a little bit more of the history of the Human Solution and where we came from and and how we came about and why we're there. We're going to be telling that story a little better than maybe we have in the past. Um, you know, and I was just sort of recounting uh, a couple of days back about, you know, how the human solution came to be and um, was talking about some of the cases that were going on. And I, I noticed, I came to an awareness that, um, you know, that we've ebbed and flowed. We've gone from, you know, one organization central to an organization that has lots of chapters and we we grew to many, many, many chapters and some of them are active, some aren't, but the point is when we have been at our most active, it's been on the heels of a few people willing to stand up and fight their cases. And not just fight their cases, but fight their cases in a way that brings the community into it. Um, not everybody does that. You know, some people fight their cases um, on a very personal level, and they just are just doing that. They're fighting for their own survival, their own freedom. And that's noble, of course. Uh, you know, we would always encourage that. Some people uh, take it to a broader place, and they, they fight, use their case as the tip of the spear for a, a, a broader cause. Um, but what happens is when you bring the community into it and you encourage um, community participation and you participate in community activities and events um, for a purpose of bringing people together, it gets contagious. And, you know, there was a point um, a few years back where there was, you know, maybe seven or eight pretty high-profile cases all happening at once um, and, and in multiple places. I mean, we had, at the same time, we had uh, high-profile cases going on in uh, Arizona, Nevada, um, Northern California, Southern California, um, uh, Washington State, um, Oregon, and Montana, literally all at the same time. And there were some East Coast um, cases going on at the same time too, but they didn't really include our our organization, but they had their own uh, support going on. So um, but what happens is when there's a lack of that, you know, when my case was over, I'm still helping other people, but I don't go after other people's cases with the same fervor that I went after my own. I, I've always said, you know, we're an amplifier, not a power supply. And by that I mean if somebody is willing to, you know, get out there and beat a drum, we'll beat it with you. You ever sit in a drum circle and one person starts it and they set a beat going and then another person, another person, another person will join in they'll, They'll do some complimenting beats and some harmonies and some, uh, you know, it, it, and before you know it, you know, you got all kinds of people coming in and it's it's an orchestral type of an experience, you know, it's a it's a ground moving experience when you get so many people participating. But if it wasn't for the one initial drummer to come in and really start setting the pace for it, um, it, it wouldn't be anything. It'd just be a bunch of clacking. And it's the same sort of thing that happens with with a court support and when you get the right formula you get the right recipe you get um uh, an individual who who feels unjustly attacked and and is willing to get out there and fight and not only getting not only willing to get out there and fight but willing to um participate and rally and support you know we had 
a lot of support in Michigan for a while, but you know, personal beef got 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 bigger than the than the cause, and uh, it, it fractured up pretty bad. There's still some people supporting each other, but here's the thing to remember: there's no shortage of cases. Uh, Tom just brought up a statistic that came out of Huffington Post, and they were talking about 20,000 cases getting overturned. Well, think about that. 20,000 cases in one little state getting overturned. Well, how many cases do you think there actually are? Okay, and that's the point. It doesn't matter if your state is legal or not. It doesn't matter what the what the state of the law is. The truth is there are still cases happening by the hundreds and the thousands um, in your state, in every state. And uh, most of them are settled. Most of them end up... Um, leaving the defendant different than they came in, uh, usually as an offending felon or, uh, you know, if they get off fairly cheap, a misdemeanor. But it changes your life forever. And um, I just want to let people realize that the, the strength of our organization is that when somebody's willing to stand up and, and, and take a stand, that we have the ability to reach out in a pretty broad way and get people to come together. And there's always people willing to make tremendous sacrifice and, and travel distances to, to to rally people together, to, to organize with other leaders. And we've done that. We've done that historically. We'll continue to do that when the right cases come around. Um, as an individual, as a volunteer, you say, well, what can I do? Well, one of the things you can do is just keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, look for those cases, look for a situation where somebody has been wrongfully charged and and maybe he's willing to stand up and help and and sometimes all it takes is one person i had a, a, a guest come over yesterday and he's a guy that had a case in michigan a really good guy and he was in a situation where he was ready to give up and one of our members um at the time had reached out to him and just let him know that hey you know what we're here for you and sometimes it's just that just simply uh feeling like wow somebody cares somebody somewhere in this world actually cares and it caused him to, you know, pull himself out of a depression. And, you know, his words to, to me last night were, you guys saved our saved my life. And I think to myself, you know, it was just a, a simple gesture from somebody who, you know, cared about something a little bit greater than themselves, uh, was willing to sit down and talk to you, reach out their hand and say, hey, I heard about your case. Um, you know, is there anything that you need? Is there... Uh, just to know that that we care, um, and you know, when you're a member of this organization, it doesn't come with any strings attached. You know, you can you can help us today and leave us tomorrow. We're we're better for it than if you never helped us at all. And and we always look at things that way. Of course, we want you to stick around. Of course, we want you to do more because there's so much that needs to be done. But over the years, I've received you know messages and calls and and letters from people that just, you know, let us know, let me know the impact that this group has had. And for everybody who says, you know, I want to help, I want to do something, uh, reach out to us, you know. Say I want to volunteer and mean it. And, and and you know, be persistent. Say, you know, I really would like to help. There's Even if it's just a little bit of an outreach or uh, a, a way to help us to respond better to people that do reach out to us, those are the things that, that make the difference. And if you've ever been depressed, if you've ever felt hopeless, if you've ever felt lost, you know, we made a postcard many years ago, and 
we still have the graphic for it, but it was um, a court support postcard. And on one side of it, it says something to the effect of, you know, um, have you been busted? And there's this all these little little sort of in the background sayings of, you know, hopelessness and afraid and 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 you know overwhelmed and all these. And then on the other side, it's you know that we can help and talks about you know the support and uh, you know standing up and and empowerment and all of the things that we do bring to the table. Well, that's. That's a big part of, of what this is all about, you know, the solution, the actual real solution. Um, that's what we're here for. So, you know, when we talk about court support and you got somebody like Tom Corby who um, just is a is a pillar in our in our organization, you know, when he, he talks about coming for people, um, he's he's been there for so many people at great sacrifice to himself. And most of these people, frankly, you know, don't ever – reciprocate as soon as their case is over most of them leave and we expect that it doesn't matter it's not we're not doing anything to be rewarded but we know that we're making a difference we know that what we're doing is we're changing the dynamic we're changing the world and that's what this is about so do again encourage you to participate whether it's through membership or volunteering or participate in some way shape or form all right um new normally Craig Cecil calls about this time and um, actually about half an hour ago, and also Kyle Catlin would have called by now too, I would have thought. So uh, we're going to move forward, and we're going to blast through the second half of the show. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the website, um, and I, uh, we're going to sort of open up um, the discussion a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the amicus brief, and then we'll cut it. As soon as we feel that we're done So I'm going to bring up Becca Nichols right now um, And Becca is one of my right hands And does so many things One of the big projects she's working on right now Is our new website Becca, welcome to the show And um, just want to talk about the new website a little bit um, okay. We're doing a WordPress site And, um, you know, we're looking for a little bit of input You know, frankly, um we do have an opportunity, you know, we're, we're sort of redoing the site, and it's not going to all come online at once, but it's going to be coming online uh, on the 21st, right? As much as done by then, yes, we'll be on on the 21st, and the rest will be coming as as it comes to me, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, well, our goal As I'm going through it, I'm thinking, be... how can I make it better and... We're clear. And, well, and the yeah, good thing so about a site is it's it's a dynamic work, and it's something that uh, you know can always be updated, can always be improved on. And it's funny because we had a WordPress site in the beginning um, for several years. Actually, we had a Drupal site before a WordPress site, and then we had a WordPress <laughs> site for a while, and then um, we went from that to Nation Builder, and then Nation Builder got greedy, and and uh, now we're going back to WordPress. Um, And it's funny with the organization has has changed as well. It went from, you know, sort of an intimate little, you know, regional group to um, a larger regional group to all of a sudden an international group and, and, you know, sort of this broad, broad base. And now we've sort of shrunk back a little bit to uh, not a regional group, but more of an intimate um, active group rather than just having a bunch of people that are, sort of token members, we have a lot more, a uh, larger percentage of us 
that our members are active now. And I think that the, the new site's going to reflect that. And one of the things yeah. we've, we've been talking about is, um, you know, we want to make this site something that a newcomer uh, who finds us uh, can understand this organization. Um, we live in a world where there's such a short attention span anymore. People have a, you know, 10-second um, attention span, and if you can't grab them and keep them in 10 seconds, they're gone. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. If you look at any site, you know, you start looking at statistics and you look at uh, the length of time somebody stays on a page, it's a minute or less for the most time, for the most part. And, um, you know, for somebody to stay on your site, then you got, you know, the bounce rate and how how many times people will stick on your site or go through multiple pages or they just, you know, hit one page and then, ah, now that's not what I was looking for and go away. Well, we want to make this to be a site that is, um, you know, pretty well um, succinct, not not just, you know, thousands of pages. You know, before we had this whole giant prison outreach section and it was constantly needing to be updated and it was cumbersome and it was almost impossible to keep accurate. At one point, you know, we had a lot of people that were specifically working on that and, you know, they were able to manage this, this database pretty well. But the problem is, is there's so many people um, that we do support um, and that we were supporting in a more direct way back then, uh, it was almost impossible to keep up. People get moved around, people get released, people get, you know, um, all these different things would happen. And if you're wrong on anything, you you know, it, 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 it was more of a negative thing than a positive thing, even though, you know, we did we did bring a lot of attention to a lot of inmates and, I believe that there's probably been four or five new organizations that have started as a result of our prison outreach. And, you know, to this day, there are prisoners that benefit directly because of these, you know, splinter groups that have that have gone on and, and you know, remain true to that cause. So it's all good, but at the end of the day, if somebody comes into our site, we want them to be able to understand the human solution, what who who is this human solution? What do they do? Um, and if I want to make the world a little better, how can I help? Um, so, what do you what do you look at as our you know sort of key key pages? We got a, you know a, a, a front page, and we're going to have a page that sort of tells our story. But what what are you looking at as far as kind of the focal points? Uh, main focal point, of course, is going to be um, like defendant resources on um, what we can help you do for yourself like court support, jury notification, letter writing campaigns, um, PRs about your case, and the radio show. Kind of like a, uh, you're a defendant, this is the tools you have available to you. Um, court support is going to be a big yeah. a big part of this website, and defendant support. But I'm going to make it really clear, because listening to the conversation was really helpful. I'm going to make it very clear on the website that these are things that you can do for yourself that we're willing to teach you, and amplify your voice, but we do not do these things for you. That's going to be very clear because I think that's been a definite point of confusion. You know? Well, I think what happens is people look at results that have happened for certain cases. And there's been some cases that we just got a tremendous amount of support. So you look at my case. 
Um, and I, I put, you know, years of, of, of time into bringing people together. And it was my specific goal to bring a lot of people to this trial and, and accomplish certain things. And, and I was able to bring a team of people around me. It was a monumental effort. I mean, there was literally dozens of people that were taking on specific jobs. I had three people, four people at times that were just making phone calls every night, calling people to see who was going to come the next day. Uh, it was it was really a, a, a well-organized, monumental effort. I haven't seen an effort like that since my case. Now, why? I, it, it's, is it because, um, you know, people just aren't willing to put that much effort into it? Is it because people um, aren't crazy enough to to think that something like that can work? Is it because people aren't willing to, um, you know, get that many people together? Is it, I, who knows why? It doesn't even matter. Um, Steve Green, Stephen Maria Green's case, that was another uh, really uh, powerful support. We, we, we were able to uh, coordinate media um, attention. Um, it was a very moving case, a young child involved. Uh, we were able to, you know, one of our largest chapters in, in our history uh, was our Michigan chapter at one point. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were able to get, you know, a tremendous amount of support out there. And at the end of the day, they won. They prevailed, as did I. And it was, I am absolutely certain that if it wasn't for all that support, the way that it happened, it would have turned out differently. It just would have. Um, we had uh, Chris Williams' case. It was a sentencing hearing, but what happened was that courtroom was so packed and the media attention that came up in a little place in Missoula, Montana, this teeny little town uh, up in the mountains in Montana got deluged with, with activists and this green bus comes rolling into town and and, and <laughs> in the middle of the snowy uh, day there was people protesting in the streets and it impacted not only the courthouse but the locals and we ultimately launched a chapter out of Montana as a result of that and Chris ended up getting a sentence that was a whole lot lower than he was looking at and I believe it was in no small part um, the support that came from it. And along with the support, it isn't just packing people in the courtroom. It's the letters that were written. It's the stories mm-hmm. that were written. It's the news coverage that was gotten, the interviews that were gained, the organizations that stood behind. I mean, it, it's a whole combination of things. Um, well, what I'm going to attempt to know, do with this page, this this um, defendant page, or it'll probably be more than one page, but is to lay out very clearly um, the step-by-step of how you accomplish these things so that before they're even contacting us, they already know the basics of what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's going to be good. We, we've talked about that's not on our website right brochures. now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's and what we need. And a defendant toolkit, things like that. But yeah. I want, that's what I want to put on these web pages. And I very much I want to be a part be of that. Different. When it comes time to writing this, I definitely want to um, – want to be a part of that. Hell, maybe we can do some of that on the on the air like we're doing right now. Um, you know, we've we've talked about this show as a platform both for uh giving people a voice, um giving people a chance to, you know, sh- share their views, uh tell their stories, rally support, give updates. But it's also a place mm-hmm. that we can uh, get down to work and and you know, we're either doing it on a conference call or or we can do it 
you know, here live on the air. Um, I think the calendar is another thing, you know, being that it's a WordPress site, uh, we need to find the right calendar. I've been anybody searching and I haven't right had now? real good luck yet. So if anybody knows, that would be great because I'm not having real good luck finding a, a calendar that um, allows front-end users, allows people visiting the site to add their events. That's the hard part. Not well, and, and I remember the last time that we did it, what we did was we actually created a an intake page where we would still have to, one of us would still have to add it, but we did That's create a place. That's what I think we might end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. On some level, it's almost better because it keeps the spammers from being able to get in. You know how on yep. the Nation Builder page we had, mm-hmm. sporadically we get some spammers yep. that find their way into our calendar and they put up, you know, bogus events, and then we have to go find them and remove them. Um, yep. and, and this keeps that from happening. But on the downside, it does mean somebody actually has to go in and keep the, keep it updated. So, um you know, just like everything, there seems to be a give and a take. But I'm still, I'm really um, excited really, about this new website. I'm really, it's made me rethink everything um, on our website and everything, how we're approaching things and how we're teaching things. It's made me relook at all that. Right. Well, I also like the idea of a blog. Um, you know, our blog that we have, we've gotten some we'll have a blog powerful on there. articles, and I, I would like to carry over some of the some of the blog posts from from you know our site currently um, mm-hmm. from some of the members that you know tell the stories you know if if we are able to go back um and and pull out somehow our original website that we did, we actually used to have testimonials on there, and there were some pretty powerful testimonials um that would be the equivalent of a blog post. And uh, you know that told the story of what brought people to this organization, um, to you know for what what caused people to want to participate, um, you know, uh, in the in this dialogue and and take action in a way that you know we've always talked about the power of one, and and what that really means. And so um, I, I think that having a blog sort of gives that voice. That um, that would be a blog page for sure because I think that's. Probably one of the coolest parts of our site, honestly. I love hearing everybody's yeah, exactly. it, stories. It gets real personal, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it gives people a chance to share their story. There's something mm-hmm. kind of powerful about being able to tell your story um, to an audience that will re- respect it and and you know find value in it. So I think that that's that's all a good thing. Um, I did not get a chance to deal with Nation Builder today but i will tomorrow for sure hopefully even before we talk in the morning right because um, i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on hold tomorrow okay well there you go, go so that's tomorrow. it um it's the nation builder site <laughs> goes on hold tomorrow and the the new site uh i'm going to get the the codes that we need and new site's going to go live in some capacity on friday so that's going to be good um mm-hmm. all right now I want to talk about the Amicus Curie brief a little bit. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. I didn't get much uh, input from the outside. I did. I do have a couple of pages up. While we're talking on the air right now, um, can you share that page with me so that we can uh, work yeah. on it a little bit? Okay. So, so there's for everybody not really anything on it right um, now. So. Okay. Well, that's all right. We'll 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 get something on it's it today. <laughs> okay, because it's pretty busy. So, 
It's all right. It's all right. So for for people that are listening for the first time or or maybe you've been listening for a while, um, we're an international organization. We have people all over the place. Becca is right now in Oregon, and I'm in Southern California. Um, and we work together electronically. I've never met Becca in person, and Becca's never nope. met me. Hopefully we'll change that soon. We have spent more time together than a lot of people that do that do uh, see each other face-to-face a lot. But the point is is it's not absolutely necessary to make something work. Uh, we do conference calls. We do these live radio shows. And we operate with what we call a Google Doc, a shared document. And shared document is just simply a, just like a, a Word document that both, both parties or anybody who it's shared with um, can type in on. And there's been times where we've worked on projects and there was – Hell, a dozen people that were connected to it. We were working on one of our fundraiser projects, I can remember, and I think we had, I don't know, 15 or 20 people from five or six different states all working together on this one document. Um, When we were creating our handbook and manual, we had people from all four corners of the country uh, working at the same time. And we had people in Washington California, Ohio, and Florida, literally all four corners of the country, um, all at the same time working on this document. So it's kind of a neat way to do things, and it it makes it possible uh, to get a lot done without having to spend a whole lot of money on traveling and, and you know, having uh, time-consuming meetings and all of that kind of thing. So um, I did receive another email from Marvin, and I'm going to go ahead and get to that real quick here, and I'll forward okay. that to you. Oh, look at that. I got the okay. invitation here. Yeah, I just shared okay. it with you. <laughs> yes, you're right. This is sort of brief. Uh, well, yeah, that's right? why they call it a brief, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> all we really um, got done last time. Yeah, no, that's all right. Well, that's, you know, we're going we're gonna to work this. Um, here, I'm going to forward you. What I just got, the Matlock okay. uh, sa- sales case here. And so we'll be both having the same amount of information. So one of the things that um, I did last week, and I've been doing for a couple of weeks now, is I put the word out that we're looking for help. And, you know, we have people that have been part of this organization that are actually really good at doing legal research. Um but for whatever reason, we haven't had a whole lot of um, interest in this particular project. Um, if you don't know anything about this case, um, I've, I've met Kyle. He's a good guy. Um, I know that I'll probably hear from him in the next couple of days. And, you know, he's probably on lockdown again. Same thing with Craig. I, Craig hasn't called in for two weeks. So I've got to send him a Coralink's message and figure out what's happened. Hopefully he's all right. Um, but the point is, uh, Kyle is is a guy that is absolutely worthy of our help. What we have to figure out is what are the merits of this case. The problem is, and this is a big problem, that we make a lot of mistakes. And an appeal, so people think that because they got screwed in a trial, that necessarily they have appealable issues. And the problem is, is we don't know. I have asked a couple of times for the transcript of the case, and uh, Marvin, um, Kyle's father, 
is trying to track that down for me. Um, but the, the thing with a court, and if you've never sat in a trial, um, you probably don't know. You know, people think, oh, I just defend myself. And then what they do is they they usually realize pretty quickly that they don't know the rules of court, and they screw up to a point where they're not able to present testimony, evidence, uh, witnesses that they would want to because they didn't go through the right procedures. And this is something that, you know, a, a, an experienced lawyer is going to take care of these things. And that's unfortunately for us, the prosecution um, is really good at this. And they file the correct motions to exclude evidence on our side. They suppress things. They they do all the things that we should do. Um, and then we sit in a trial and we get all upset because we're not allowed to tell our side of the story. And in many cases, that's avoidable. In many cases, if we were to file our own motion, not only can we suppress some of what they would want to present, but we can in, uh, ensure that evidence that we have that's relevant gets seen and that experts that we have are seen to be relevant. Um, all that has to do with experience, all that has to do with rules of court. Um, in my case, I was friggin' railroaded. And luckily, not luckily, fortunately, there were a lot of people watching and enough people watching that were able to point out specifics as to how it was that I got railroaded. But the, my attorney did some good things and did some, I don't know, not so good things, but one of the things that he did that was really good was he made a record, okay? And my attorney got got shut down every time he tried to make a motion. Um, all of his motions got denied. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Um, most of his objections were, were overruled. Uh, but so many times I heard my attorney say, Your Honor, for the record, I would like to point out, and what that did is it made it in the transcript, okay, for the record. And if your attorney is not preserving a record of what's happening in that courtroom and pointing out the problems with this case and the violations of due process, then you may or may not have an appeal. And just because something went wrong and just because you – you, your rights may have gotten violated, does that mean that you necessarily have an appealable action? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we're going to learn about that. This is going to become a very friggin' educational show because without um, a legal expert, we're going to dig in and we're going to learn this crap for ourselves. And, uh, you know, there are similar, similar cases all throughout the country today. We're working in Arizona, so we I have pulled up um, a document here, and this comes straight out of um, the appellate ruling. And um, what I have here is a criminal year seminar, and it's, it says uh, 2015 case citations, Arizona Evidence Reporter, Constitutional Law Reporter, uh, blah, blah, blah. The, ja, the Honorable Crane McLennan, Judge of the Maricopa County Superior Court. Um, let's see. Wait a minute. Uh, I don't know if this is a, this is actually uh, this. It, it it brings out all the case citations, and in this 
report, it also has um, general provisions, and this is something that we're going to go over because these are rules. Um, and so let's just get into this. And, and Becca, I'll forward this over to you as well so that you can look at it. This is something that um, is going to be relevant to us actually uh, making a brief that is has got teeth. Um, the points that are brought up, I mean, we haven't seen the other brief that was written, just just the, um, oh, here's Kyle. Okay, folks. Oh, This is something cool. that, um, yeah, we get a, here, Kyle. All at no expense to you from Kyle Catlin, an inmate at ASP Tucson. Three-way calling or call forwarding an inmate's phone call is unauthorized and may result in disciplinary action to the inmate. To accept this call, press or stay five. To refuse this call, hang up now. This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. Thank you for using IC Solutions. You may begin speaking now. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Hey, Joe, good evening. Welcome, welcome. I uh, I we I was just sitting here with Becca, and we were just getting into your um, your amicus brief, and um, I want to apologize. I thought that um, your father was actually your brother the whole time, and I didn't realize he he corrected me in an email, and I felt bad. But um, nonetheless, I knew he was close family, but I didn't realize that Marvin was actually your father. So um, my my uh my apology on that but um he did send me some more information um and i did specifically ask him for the transcript of the trial and um i was just talking to becca about about this you know we've we've reached out for um legal help we've reached out for an attorney to uh to help us with this uh, we actually have a law student who, uh, who claims that they might be able to help, which which could be helpful. Um, but meanwhile, we're going to just get good at this as we're moving forward. And so one of the things that I was just going through, I found a document um, that was sort of a, a, a seminar um, that had 2015 case law, and um, – it, it goes through and it starts talking about the rules of of the appeal and um, so one of the things that that Becca and I were doing was literally just starting to review this um, and it talks about you know general provisions preserving a claim of error and uh, preventing a jury from hearing inadmissible evidence and um, remainder of related writings uh, and, and recorded statements, and each one of these things has a case law that's cited, and we're going to dig deep in on this, um, so I just wanted you to know that that's where we're at right now, is we're actually dissecting the rules of this appeal, and we're, we're going to figure out, you know, how to um, hone in on a couple of important points that actually have teeth, and, and I was talking about how just because something went wrong doesn't mean that you actually maybe have a ground to appeal it because there has to be um, a preservation of a record made. 
And that's one of the reasons that the um, the transcript is going to be so important because that's going to tell me really what the record of this trial was and and. Right, I, I I agree 100% on that. So, um, you know, welcome and uh, tell me what's uh, what's going on in your in your world right now. Uh, right now, currently, I'm working on, uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, uh, educate people, I guess, uh, about the new uh, that we're trying to get the signatures for here in Arizona currently. And uh, trying to get, reach out to the inmates here inside the prison and get them to uh, focus on putting that effort towards uh, letting their families know because uh, this new bill is written in such a way that a majority of these inmates that are here in prison could be released uh, based on the fact that uh, if they're not here for a marijuana uh, 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 felony charge that they had a previous marijuana felony charge and that by removing that previous felony under resentencing they would either have gotten less time be not any prison time at all and what's your uh, what's your experience with the inmates I found that I mean I wasn't in state prison but when I was locked up there was a pretty um, people were pretty aware of what what um, current cases affected them. I mean, it seemed like there was a pretty good awareness of, of any legislation that affected inmates uh, inside there. Is it like that where you're at? Um, so in the three prisons that I've been to, uh, they, there has not, there's been a very lack of information. There's been people who think that they know what Past. Here, in, here in Arizona, we have uh, 85% of the time that you have to do. And every year, right around this time, people will start making up rumors that, uh, that they heard that they're going to change it to 65%. And uh, I guess that's been going on for the past 20 years here. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, as far as people keeping informed in here, it's, there's really not a lot of that. We have some guys in here that are previous lawyers, and even they don't keep up with the information in here. Really? Wow. Yeah. We had, um, uh, it, it, it's in the federal uh, prison system, there's a lot of room, there's a giant rumor mill, and, you know, we, we've, we've had a prison outreach program for a while now, and I, I keep in contact with a few of the, federal inmates, and they tell me a lot about, you know, these rumors, especially like, you know, with the clemency that was going on, there was all kinds of rumors bouncing around, but um, it's a tough, that's a tough thing because it gets people's spirits up, you know, falsely, and, and it's, you know, it's a big roller coaster in there to begin with, you know, anything that's positive you want to hang on to, whether it's real or not. And then when you find out it's not, it's, it can be crushing. Absolutely, yeah, and that's what I try to explain to people when that rumor comes up. As I try to explain to them, because the first time that that rumor came up, uh, the first thing I did was I got a hold of my attorney and asked him, and he said no. He says, but if he ever hears anything, 
that he'll call and personally set up a meeting to let me know. So the next time that I heard that rumor going around, I didn't even need to call him. I told them, look, I I have not been informed by my attorney that that is uh, what is going to happen. So therefore, uh, I would not get your hopes up for it. Unless unless someone shows it to you in paper that there's no reason to to get real excited about this because I think that's what people is they want a friend, they want someone that they can hang out with, or want to seem important. Or maybe they do it just to play with people's emotions, maybe even. But it seems to me that uh, it happens every year right around the beginning of this uh, of the year. Uh, they, they tend to spread that uh, rumor around about uh, 65%. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty brutal because when, uh, when you have a sentence and that's, you know, the only thing that can change it is either uh, a legislative act or you know, a ruling in your case, and uh, it's 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 pretty brutal to uh, to to screw with somebody's emotions if if that was a a willful act. I hope it's not. Um, so, one of the things that is important when we're we're talking about this uh, uh, this amicus brief and to be able to point out a wrongdoing that happened in the trial that was overlooked by the appeal. The appeal basically ruled that your your verdict should stand, and that was they 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 claimed that they didn't find any problems with the trial, and then they 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 addressed that you pointed out what you consider to be problems, and they pointed out well based on this case and that case that it wasn't. So that's what we're doing is we're going through researching the cases that they're citing, and how they could or should apply to. Uh, your the ruling, and that's what we had to work with. But during your trial, did your attorney preserve a record of the things that were wrong? I was talking to Becca about in my trial, the uh, I was railroaded, and one of the things that my attorney did well was specifically for the record. He he said that dozens of times through my trial in 18 days of testimony. He would say, Your Honor, for the record, and then he would claim, he would state for the record what he saw as the problem, and that was specifically for the appeal. And when it came time for the appeal, my appellate attorney had dozens and dozens of points to bring up because that record was preserved, and I won on, I won the appeal. What do you think? Did your, did your attorney preserve a record? that pointed these flaws out as they were happening. Now, see, that's, that, that's part of the reason why I've been through so many attorneys. I had five attorneys in my case, and uh, the main reason was because the majority of them wanted to just, you know, take a plea agreement and get done with it. They, they didn't want to take it to trial. And... Uh, and in the meantime, I'm trying to get them to preserve the issues. So because I I did intend to take it to trial and fight it, and, and I was preserved for the appeals case. And so um, uh, after going through so many attorneys, the last attorney that I had did a really good job of trying to preserve the record. Now uh, he didn't get everything. Uh, across that I would have liked to, 
but he did get a majority of it. And uh, so in all of the statements of the issues that I have uh, written in my uh, uh, petition for review are all based on uh, uh, parts that the uh, my attorney made sure that he preserved. Good, good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that transcript so that I can cite from the transcript of the trial, um, you know, the specifics of this. I really want our brief to be well done, and and um, even if we only pick one or two points, to really make a solid case for it, because it only takes one point. If we find one one example of your due process being violated, they that's a mistrial. You don't. They don't get to violate you even once. And so it's not a matter of, oh, he only got violated three times. If, if they find an error in, in the proceedings, that constitutes a mistrial. And if the, if the um, Supreme Court can see that, um, and they're only going to see it if it gets presented to them um, in such a way. They're not, you know, they're going to review the appeal they don't have any any reason to review to review and scrutinize the transcript on its own. Rather, only the issues that are brought into uh, into the Supreme Court for review. And so, it's going to be important that these issues get brought and laid out with every bit of case law that we can find. And I know, you know, you have access to a law library, but how much access do you really have? Well. The law library here is, is literally a computer with a bunch of outdated information. It's not connected to the Internet. It's never updated. Even the uh, Department of Corrections uh, rules for us and for us as inmates are outdated and uh, not, not current with, uh, with now. So, so that uh, means that if I'm able to do research and find some more current case law that applies to yours, and I send it to you, in addition to us filing it in our brief, you would be able to amend your uh, your own brief. Because you get the last word after the state responds. So you would be able to actually amend your, if, if you were to find additional case law that supported your uh, your appeal. I, I'm, I'm not exactly 100% sure about being, not being, uh, not having ever gone through it and not being an attorney, but I know as far as the state's response goes that they had 20 days from what I filed, which would have been the 10th, and we have not heard a response back from them, so I don't think that the state even filed a response to my uh, petition. Well, do you think that... Um they might have filed an extension or something too. I think typically they do. They do. Um, well, I, I know on the appeal they have to. If they don't, if they don't respond, I think somehow it errs in your favor. Whereas One minute remaining. The uh, the um, appellate court, on the other hand, it operate. I mean, the Supreme Court operates on a different standard. They don't. They don't hear every case that comes in front of them. So. What what uh, I guess we need to find out a little bit more about that. Right, right. And I, I I believe if they would have filed for an extension, that part of the rule of that is that they would have to file a notice and serve me a copy of that notice saying that the extension was granted. 
Well, I will do what I can to find out um, the obligations of the state and, uh, you know, how this process really works on your behalf. Um, <coughs> because <coughs> if it turns out that we've got a time limit to get our uh, our brief in, I want to make sure that we don't miss out, um, you know, on, on a technicality. We're out of, we're out of time, Joe. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, Kyle. Damn it. Uh, this happens so quickly. Um, every time we get a, an inmate that calls in, we get our 15 minutes, and that 15 minutes goes by so quick. Um, well, Kyle does definitely, um, you know, this this is one of those things that is just hard to hear because I just don't know. Um, I don't know if we're going to end up in a spot where we don't have enough time or, um, you know, that the Supreme Court, uh, you know, passes this thing over without uh, even acknowledging it, which, you know, in some cases they do. So um, I think what we need to do next, rather than dig into this brief, is um, really get the rules of this down. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus a little bit more on um, the actual rules of filing a, a Supreme Court uh, appeal and um, you know it, it, what what we what we're looking at. Um, so I think that's that's going to be the next step to this. And I don't know that the document that I pulled up today uh, we're even ready for yet. I think what we need to do is figure out what the playing field looks like a little bit more, and um, you know figure out a, a timeline that we have to work with. So, yeah, because our guy right, doesn't well, have anything updated, so. Yeah, he doesn't have any way to really know. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, 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 ha I have to think, though, that we have, you know, a connection to literally thousands of people across the world that if we could get somebody willing to dig in and uh, dedicate some time and energy to this, whether they're a legal professional or not, uh, that we could probably find some of the things that we need, mm -hmm. at least to understand, so we're not wasting time writing about something that either isn't relevant or that we can't use. So um, I think let's just go ahead and call it a show, um, and okay. let's get back to it next week. I'm going to go out of my way to get some good research on the rules of filing uh, a case with the appellate, I mean, with the Supreme Court in Arizona, and um, really come up with. Uh, where we're standing and, and what we can do. And once again, if anybody is um, able to help with this project, um, is got uh, legal research skills, or um, is an attorney, a paralegal, a law clerk, um, in any way helpful, please get a hold of us. Um, and I think that's about it for today. I want to thank everybody for being on the show and uh, making this radio show possible. And once again, thank you to the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network, and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done You were always on my mind